You're about to listen to Persistence is the Key, the podcast hosted by me, Venetia Arnold. Enjoy and remember, as I always say, never settle. Persistence is the key. Welcome to Persistence is the Key, the podcast. Today, I will be speaking with attorney Amanda Edwards. Amanda is fresh off a historic campaign for the United States Senate. She is a Harvard Law graduate and recently served the city of Houston as a city council member at large. Amanda practiced law for years as a municipal finance lawyer. She has practiced at both Vincent and Elkins and Bracewell. Amanda recently launched a nonprofit of her own that she will tell us more about. And she will also share us about share with us about how she overcame obstacles using persistence. Amanda, thank you so much for coming on my podcast today. I know you are a very busy lady. Well, thank you so much for having me and for having a platform where you communicate messages like these, because I think uh, making sure that people know that they have to continue to be persistent in order to achieve their goals is, is so key to life. And, and I appreciate you using your platform to do that. I try. I try. OK, so let's get right into it. Plus, what made you run for the United States Senate? You know, I get asked that question a lot. <laughs> and I, at the time, uh, I was serving as an at-large Houston City Council member. So that was representing about 2.3 million constituents and really loving my work in terms of cultivating economic opportunity for people, uh, helping with disaster recovery, uh, looking at ways in which we could really build a future for our community that was inclusive, but then one in which uh, was embracing of the changes that were around the horizon and so on the horizon. And so as a result, I had really kind of thrown myself into the work, loved representing the constituents and um, was not have had no intentions of running for U.S. Senate, but for uh, some changes in, in the in fact. So after 2018, the historic run of Beto O'Rourke in which he came within 215,000 votes of nearly winning the state of Texas at a time when no one thought that was feasible. What we realized is that there was a significant change happening right before our eyes. And some of that change you could not see. And it pertained to the changing demographics in Texas. Uh, A lot of that was also resulting from people's response to Trump Um, And so what we knew is that Texas was changing. We already knew that, but it was changing at a much faster pace than what we had anticipated. And and the question became, what if you could get a candidate? We knew there were more voters of color coming into the fall. We knew that there were more young people coming into the fall. We knew that uh, there were lots of women coming into the fall. So what if you got a, a candidate that was really responsive to that change that was already occurring to help catalyze that change even further. And so that came, that question came up. And of course, I had to think long and hard about it because I love serving my constituents. I love the work that I was doing, but I also loved the notion that this country could embark upon change in a way that would be substantial, change that can affect life outcomes, change that could 
affect millions of people across the nation if we could flip the Senate. So I decided to uh, take the risk and get in the race. It was not an easy decision. And um, and it wasn't an easy race, in fact. And so we got into a race that had 12 people in the primary. Uh, that's, right. I guess, small in comparison to our presidential at the time, which was, what, 23, 24 people. But <laughs> nonetheless, that tells you people were fired up. People wanted to see change. And so we were uh, definitely a part of that energy and, and wanting to see change come to fruition. Of course, I didn't win the primary election, but I, I certainly uh, hope that as a re- result of me running, others did not do not see or feel the same barriers, um, or at least believe that while those barriers may be in front of you, uh, understanding to to the notion and the importance of leading with courage and confronting those things that may be glass ceilings and barriers, because ultimately we will break we will break them. Absolutely. Amanda, I got to ask you before we jump into everything else. I know you're busy. When I thought of you running for U.S. Senate, I I couldn't help but think of Kamala. So I got to ask you, what do you think that, you know, the most powerful woman on the planet, you know, she looks (laughs) like us. What? And she's an attorney like us. What do you think about that? Oh, I was elated uh, for her to break that glass ceiling and what it not only what it would mean in terms of representation and people having the belief that they could do something and that a door would not be closed to them or a glass ceiling would not prohibit their entry. But the notion that uh, that she so eloquently uh, stated, which was that she would be the first but not the last. I love that. I also love the fact that she can use this particular seat at this particular moment. We're in a moment that is unprecedented in terms of, you know, our generation, in terms of what we're seeing with regard to racial injustice and in the response to that. And having someone, a woman of color in the vice presidency at a time like that, I think is paramount. And I'm hopeful that that will lead to the change that a lot of people have been waiting to see for quite some time and have been organizing to see for quite some time. So uh, that was something uh, that was beyond exciting to me and inspiring to me and so many others. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So I got to ask you, this podcast is Persistence is the Key. Can you tell (laughs) us about a time, uh, personal, professional, whatever, a time or time you had to use persistence to win? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'll use my, you know, just because in the vein of politics, we're talking about politics. Listen, I wasn't favored to win the race that I won. So when I ran citywide, I was told I was too young. Uh, Why don't you start off smaller? Why don't you do something else? You know, I wasn't, I didn't even get the major newspaper endorsement. There was another candidate in the race who had run before, um, who was a little bit older than I was, but not necessarily had more direct experience for that particular role, but that wasn't, you know, what they, they based their assessment on. And so as a result, there were many no's before I got to the ultimate yes. And that doesn't mean, I think oftentimes people think when someone wins something or they get the thing that they were seeking, that that means that's that road to getting there was smooth. And the answer is no, (laughs) just because that's your path, it's not promised to be a smooth path. And so 
in the moment where, for instance, I didn't get the endorsement from a major newspaper, it was a nice write-up. It didn't say anything disparaging. It was all complimentary, but I still didn't get the endorsement. I could have used that moment and sulked and said, oh, that's the turning point. We're not going to win this thing. And it was the opposite. There were so many people who were supporting me at that time who felt like I was qualified, I should win, that instead of me, that being a setback, that actually was a set up for my community constituents to get more mobilized. They said, well, I got to help you then. We can't have that. And so it ignited them. And I was like, oh, this is great. (laughs) Yeah, you got support as you went along. Absolutely. Because like we have a we have a mentor in common. And I know she gave you a fundraiser. I heard about this all after the fact because I emailed her. I said, hey, that's amazing what Amanda's doing. Who's running for the U.S. Senate? I said, next time y'all do something like that, let me know. And she was like, yeah, okay." She said, yeah, I just I didn't know. And so I was like, wow, I, you know, somebody looks like me going for the U.S. Senate, my age range. I thought that was amazing. I really did. And so and um, what you're I know you started about importance of mentorship and helping others as you go along is it goes a long way because we have this mentor and mentor in common. And she helps so many people behind the scenes with so many Absolutely. different things, professional advice and life advice, all kinds of stuff. And we have to remember that when we get people doing that for us, we've got to be willing that to do that, to do that for others as well. Absolutely. Yes. She is a very sweet lady. I remember the evening I met her, she said, girl, do your thing. I think think that's amazing. (laughs) She had a a fundraiser and stuff for you. Okay. So I know you launched a nonprofit. Tell us about your nonprofit and what you want to accomplish. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that became more than apparent during the pandemic is that we as a community collectively were in need of light, opportunity, empowerment. We needed some upliftment. And so knowing that, and I had done such a a tremendous amount of work in uh, community outreach as an at-large city council member, I said, I don't have to be in elected office to empower and uplift people. I'll use the platform that I have and and in the context of, uh, of folks that I know, and we'll just do this in a nonprofit setting. And so we created a 501c3 called Be the Solution Community okay. Empowerment Organization, which basically in its name, Be the Solution. So don't just be a commentator or have commentary about issues. We have to come together as a community on the issues and own the solution. And we might not be the full solution. We might be part of it, but we own that part. And that we all come together and being solutions oriented to get things done uh, because nobody's going to do it for us. And as a result, I focus a lot on senior citizens. We have a huge uh, conference annually uh, with uh, called the Empowered You Senior Citizens Conference. We've done that for many years before it was a nonprofit. Now we're going to continue that, uh, obviously, in, in COVID, post-COVID, but safe ways. Um, So we will do that. But we also had a large kickoff event for women called an evening of women's empowerment, where we were telling the stories of trailblazers and letting them tell their own in business and in politics and in civic life and family life. And hopefully using those stories as inspiration for those that were in the audience to 
uh, really pursue their boldest dreams. And so the goal is you participate in these activities, you participate in these events, uh, the volunteerism, we do phone banking, trying to help senior citizens who might be homebound and who have certain needs. We drop off food and water supplies. We do a lot with volunteerism as well so that people are helping people and meeting them where they are. And that you, when you do interface with our organization, you really can find pivot points for your life as well. So we love the work that we're doing. Uh, we're in our first year. And of course, the next big event that we will be having is pertaining to the seniors uh, with our Empowered Youth Senior Citizens Conference in October. That's amazing that you have such a heart for the senior citizens because they're so overlooked and marginalized. That's amazing. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So I want to know, and I got to ask, will you run again? (laughs) Well, listen, I couldn't be on the Persistence is Key podcast and not be persistent, right? So (laughs) I agree. I agree. So I, you know, I am certainly, uh, you know, committed to serving my community, whether it's in an elected capacity or not, but certainly do believe that there's still still some opportunity there in, in that elected role, in that elected space. And so I will get back into the public service arena in a more traditional sense, elected. Uh, but at this time, I'm very much enjoying uh, doing the work on the ground with the people. As long as I'm staying connected with the people, that's where my heart is. And as long as I'm having impact, that's that's what I find to be most fulfilling. And and certainly I will venture back. I will be back. I'm not retired. Um, right. But right. in the meantime, I'm still connected. And I want people to know that too. Don't hesitate. I still have people calling me all the time. And sometimes I feel like I'm still running a <laughs> Right, right. Because of the kind of calls I get, but I love that. Right. So yeah. I, I continue to welcome folks to reach out with, with needs that they have and see however we can plug in and help. Absolutely. Absolutely. The community is with you. Okay. So tell us, Thank where you. can we find you? Absolutely. So I've got a website. A website at www.amandakedwards.com. There you can find information about Be the Solution, events that are coming up, events that we've hosted, and the like. And then also, uh, you can see a little bit more about my podcast, the Edwards Empowerment Talks, also uh, with the theme of empowerment. And so, seeing some of the past episodes of uh, season one just wrapped. And then finally, I would say you can find me on social media, and those will. Uh, social media accounts are uh, Amanda for Texas. That's Twitter. It's F-O-R. You spell it out, Amanda for Texas. Facebook is the same. And then on Instagram, you can uh, type in Amanda, the number four Texas. And that's how you'll find me, social media, uh, website, and in the community. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Everyone support her nonprofit support her podcast and check her out, drop her a line, just tell her how well she's doing. And Amanda, I want to thank you so much for coming on today. I know you're busy. We've been trying to get this together for about the last week or so. And, you know, I no, had technical difficulties. That's all right. Persistence yeah. is key, right? Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And again, I really do commend you for using your time your energy, this platform to communicate messages that are empowering to others in this way, because we all have to have them, no matter how much success you've seen, no matter how down on your luck you are, 
you we've all had to have that message about persistence. So I just applaud you for for really using uh, this vehicle uh, to communicate that message. So thank you for the work that you're doing as well. Thank you. Thank you. I just girls who look like us to know it's all possible if you believe. Absolutely. (laughs) If you absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, you guys. Yes, Thank you so much. Thank you. As you guys know, I'm Venetia Arnold. Check me out at VenetiaArnold.com, V-E-N-I-S-H-A, Arnold.com, and check out my nonprofit, which this podcast is named after, at PersistenceIsTheKey.org. As I always say, never settle. Persistence is the key. Have a great day, everyone. Hey, guys. Look like you reached the end. Well, remember, as I always say, never settle. Persistence is the key.